Hey everybody, how are y'all? This is uh, Dr. Carrie Brown with um, Powerful Natural Health. I am a naturopathic doctor where my goal is to help you to be physically and spiritually whole. So how is everybody today? How did y'all sleep? Because sleep was taken from me last night. <laughs> but I'm not going to complain because, you know, y'all is with me. So if I seem a little less energetic than normal, I may be taking a nap today. So that's, that's, that's happening. <laughs> but we did have a storm rolling in. So I think it had something to do with that. Um, I don't know, like a drop in barometric pressure or something, trying to not have a conspiracy theory about everything. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it does feel like, well, what is happening? What are they doing to us? You know? <laughs> so, hey, Betty. Hey, James. Hi, Wirewool. Hi, Lee. Hi, Asia. Did I miss anybody? Nope. Everybody's here. <laughs> James is like, I got my coffee, but it's more than four ounces. <laughs> well, he was referring to my show. Uh, if anybody didn't get a chance to listen to the, the show that I did yesterday, um, I was speaking about preparing for Exodus. And one of the things is having an anti-inflammatory diet. And um, I had told Shell on another show that, um, you know, yes, she had asked me if coffee and tea was inflammatory. And I said, yes, it was. So uh, I then went back and looked it up. And um, in the anti-inflammatory program that I'm certified in as a practitioner, that's practitioner-led, um, we are allowed, you know, right around four ounces of caffeine a day. So, um, and I do understand being tired. So, <laughs> I'm tired today. Maybe I need more than four ounces, though, huh? You know, I thought I'd just, if I um, did more than four ounces, I thought I'd just be, not even be able to function, but I'm not functioning very well right now. So if anybody would like to pray about that to help me through this. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get into this. So, um. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but I have, there seems to be a theme, not just with me, but with all of our um, teachers on this channel of Heart of the Tribes that um, y'all keep seeming to tell us that we need to not fear. And um, what I can see is that there are things to be fearful of in this world. And um, I think one of the things that we need to, and, and I can't remember where I heard this. I want to say it was Shell, you know, like reading a quote from a book, but it was that one of the greatest gifts that you can get from y'all and that you can then give to others is to not fear. Why? because it makes you courageous. You know, courage is not the absence, complete absence of fear. If you have no fear, then 
And I mean like zero fear, like abnormal sense of no fear, then it's either, you know, y'all has completely helped you in that moment. Or there might be something that you're not, you know, like it might not be connecting thoroughly in your mind or something, what is going on around you. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I have where I'll go back and look at something and go, oh, that was really dangerous, that situation I was in. Uh, you know, and maybe it was y'all just protecting my mind and protecting me. And, um, so, you know, um, but I, I think that we should have courage even when like in Turkey where the buildings are falling around us, we should have courage. It is going to be fearful if a building falls down, you know, a few feet from you, it's normal to go running. Um, I'm not saying, and I'm sure all the leaders at part of the tribes understand and want this to be said is it's okay to go running away from things. That does not mean that uh, you're doing something against y'all by preserving your life. Um, but the type of fear that keeps you locked in your room and not doing what y'all wants you to do, that's the fear that we're coming against that y'all wants us to talk about. And so um, the crowd is going to come against all of us, not just the leaders. It'll come against the leaders first, and then it'll come against the people that they're trying to help. Um, I just got through reading an Acts. I'm gonna be talking about that in the preparing for Exodus really excited about sharing what I just learned today in my devotion with my personal quiet time with God. And, um, you know, the disciples were being harassed from all sectors. It wasn't just, you know, the government or the leaders in the temple. It was, they were being harassed by, you know, other entities that were indwelling in people. And so, when we start talking about uh, not having fear, we shouldn't have fear of what others are going to say against us. If we are following y'all completely and totally, we should go against the crowd. The crowd will always be going right now with the evil kingdom ruling this world. The crowd will always be following the evil kingdom. And so we have to be courageous and come against them, come against that mentality of following the crowd. And it's hard because we are like, you know, we're called sheep. Well, if you've never raised sheep, which I'm sure everybody's seen sheep in a herd, a sheep is a herd animal. If you put them all by themselves in a pen in a fenced in area and they can't see or hear any other sheep, they get really sad. So do cows, so do goats. They will start to follow anything. Um, we used to raise dairy goats and we had um, uh, a great Pyrenees who was, you know, kind of like a livestock guardian, but also was a, a family pet. So he did both. He did, he was such a great dog and, um, he was really gentle with everything. And, um, the 
bottle babies that we were feeding bottles to because we were milking their moms, those bottle babies would follow the dogs around because they needed a leader so bad. They needed companionship so bad. They followed anything just to have that. And Yah understands that and he will bring, we're not alone. And that's what he was um, saying yesterday through me in the preparing for Exodus. You're not alone. So get that in your head. He's going to bring you friends. He's going to bring you family. He is, if it's temporarily that you are not alone just through this media platform, you're not alone. You can come to us for, for prayer. You can do it either privately through private messenger on Telegram, or you can email us. You could do it corporately and put your prayer request into the Telegram group. And I'm telling you, there are some sincere, deep prayers that I have seen over there. And I have read out loud in prayer as someone typed out their prayer for someone. And I mean, there's just something great and beautiful in what God is doing through this Heart of the Tribes platform. So we're not alone. You're not alone. So if you go against the crowd today and tomorrow and the weeks to come, just remember that you're not alone in doing it. So be courageous. So I say all of that to start. <laughs> so I kind of said this already. The world is run by the evil kingdom and has been against Yahweh's kingdom since Genesis. So when we read over there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we can see that Yah put a dividing line between the serpent and between Eve. So this is Yah speaking to the serpent. He says, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, Eve, and between your seed, speaking to the serpent. So the serpent has seed, the serpent has offspring. And between her seed, which is Eve's seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So the woman's seed is going to bruise the serpent's seed and the serpent's seed is going to bruise the woman's seed's heel. Okay. So there is always going to be this friction. We, as long as we are Eve's seed, we are always going to be against the crowd because the crowd is going to be ruled and manipulated and programmed and brainwashed into following the serpent seed. And so we are going to have to just be aware that there is always going to be something in between us. Always. And the evil kingdom will always be against us. So we need to just expect it. When we go out there and we do things that Yah is telling us to do, we need to expect that there are going to be attacks. We don't need to be, you know, like punched in the face by the evil kingdom and go, what was that? 
after we've gone and done, gone and done amazing things for y'all, we shouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised that my sleep was taken from me last night. I'm not surprised. I woke up this morning. I was like, yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, um, you know, harassment is going to be a part of going against the crowd. Be courageous. You can withstand it. So speaking about the crowd, can we just talk about the Grammy Awards? I do not want you to go and look at it. I'm going to caution you right now. Something that I feel like y'all wants his children to know. That the reason why they're bringing all these things to the surface and they're doing them on camera and broadcasting them live is because if you sit and you watch it, you are partaking in it. And I know I've struggled with this thought myself. I know that some people's knee jerk reaction may be not, I'm not partaking in it. I'm watching it so that I can know what they've done and stuff like that. Um, you can go and look at it if you want to, but how is it different than if you would have got an invitation in the mail and it was the Grammy Awards show, uh, but it was, say it was a, um, some sort of hidden group and it wasn't going to be broadcast and you got an invitation to it and you were like, well, yeah, I'm still one of y'all's children. And and I know the Grammys are bad. And let's just say it's not the Grammys. Let's just say it's some sort of, you know, weird occultic group. And I'm not going to say any more than that because I want to stay in the algorithm of YouTube. Okay? Don't want us to get kicked off. So um, they send you an invitation to some secret meeting. And so... They also say openly there's going to be some sort of worship that is going to go on there. And they were saying that there was worship going on openly about this Grammys. They said it before. ABC was said, I can't wait to worship. Not ABC. Is it CBS? I think it was CBS. The one with the, the eye, the all-seeing eye, that's CBS. And, um, and then the event center, wherever they put it on. They either tweeted or had on their board. Somehow they put out there that it was going to be the most unholy event. So it wasn't a surprise that this happened. Okay. So imagine getting that invitation and they're like, there's going to be an unholy event that's going to take place. And you go, oh, you know, I don't have anything going on. I would like to just go look at it, but I'm not a part of it but I'm going to go show up and I'm going to look at it. And you go and you sit at the event and they do all the nasty stuff that they did on camera. I mean, oh my goodness. I did not watch it. I'm telling you right now, I saw a uh, one little like two second clip and then two still pictures. And that was enough. That, I mean, it was unbelievable what they did 
unbelievable what they did. Um, I just, I can't even fathom that a human being thought that that was okay. And that was the shock that I felt just seeing a couple of second clip and seeing a couple of images. That's the shock I felt. I couldn't imagine having watched the whole thing and letting that into my mind. I can't imagine having been in the show. So anyways, back to our scenario, we're in the event and that thing is happening before us. And then we're like, wow, that was so bad. And then we get up and we leave after the event is over. Do you think that y'all is proud of that? I just got through listening to a um, preacher talk about a scripture. I should have wrote down the scripture reference, but I've read it. I just was busy getting ready this morning and, and didn't have a pen and paper ready, but it was talking about y'all said uh, the ones who will not let their eyes see evil are mine. And I'm paraphrasing and the ones who turn their eyes from evil, the ones who, you know, won't partake in it. And yes, I'm, I'm kind of embellishing that a little bit. I'm, I'm adding to it. I'm, I'm the amplified paraphrase right now, <laughs> but um, it is, uh, I think that we're not supposed to be a part of it. I think that's why they are trying to put it out there. They want to get as many people to be a part of it. It's a part of their worship is, um, well, it's no different than us broadcasting this. Let's just say that I had a million people watching me right now. They would be hearing the words of y'all. And what would we be clapping? We'd be like, yeah, a million people heard this. Yeah, you know, um, and, you know, so that's what they're doing. That's their worship. They're showing their worship. It is their temple. It is their worship service of Lucifer, uh, which is, um, you know, Hasatan. He is the accuser. He is the dragon in um, Revelation. And so they're becoming more and more and more blatant. And uh, I was thinking about it after I was literally reeling from the shock of what I had saw and just those little flashes, I actually had to ask y'all to um, delete those images from my mind. I literally had to ask for that seed to not be planted in me. That's how awfully powerful those images were. Awfully, evilly, sinisterly powerful. And so we are going to have to go against that crowd we are going to have to not be afraid of them. We are going to have to be courageous against these things. There may be people around us that watch that and are starting to succumb to the evil that that portrayed and put out there. Doesn't matter. We're going to be courageous. We're going to be like that, that, um, Remember that famous photo of the guy who is standing in some sort of Nazi rally and everyone else around him is going, you know, Heil Hitler. And 
he is standing there. I have contemplated that so many times. It wasn't just that he was like, yeah, I'm not going to raise my hand. It wasn't just that. He was letting everyone around him who was so caught up in the crowd. He was so caught up in that, or they were so caught up in that, that he was exposing himself to anyone that cared to see. And the reason why the picture is so powerful is because it was so obvious him crossing his arms across his chest, you know, like that. It was so obvious that even though possibly, depending on how close he was to the stage, whoever was at that event that they were saying, how Hitler, like, what if it was Hitler or one of the really high up Nazis? They could have looked out there and seen him immediately and told their, you know, brown shirt police or the SS or whoever it is that was their police at the moment, go and get him and throw him into prison and torture him and then kill him or, you know, whatever. Um, just like the tank man, you remember at Tiananmen Square where, uh, in 1986, the um, people were uprising against communism. And it started off with the young people, which I believe is going to happen again. They have the strength physically and they are not beaten down yet by all the drama and trauma of the world. Sometimes they don't have wisdom. <laughs> but a lot of times that's where great revolutions begin is through the young people and it's happening. It's happening in y'all's kingdom. Well, that's what happened in China. The Chinese college students, they rose up and they were wanting freedom. I did a whole paper on this in one of my college classes. So uh, I got a chance to really study this. And um, there was a whole lot of really bad stuff that had happened the night before in Tiananmen Square. I mean, really bad stuff, stuff that you should look up before it's taken down because the Chinese government has been censoring it uh, for China. And so if you want to look it up, I guess you don't have to, but the tank man is what he's called is where he's standing in front of a tank. And there's all these tanks that are coming into Tiananmen Square. And that man is standing there with his grocery bags. You know, like, he might have just been like, you know, well, that was a weird night last night in Tiananmen Square. And then he goes out there and he sees the horrific uh, consequences of this uprising and the military coming against it. And all, wasn't all the military, the military started fighting each other. Because there was a lot of military that was anti uh, coming against the civilians. Um, so they started shooting at each other. So there is a lot that happened at that Tiananmen Square, if you didn't know that. So that guy, he, you know, like goes out to the grocery store, needs to get his, you know, stuff to make his, um, you know, rice or noodles or broth or whatever it is that he's making that's a traditional food for them. And he goes out and he's getting the ingredients and, and he just couldn't stand it anymore. And he's like, I'm not going to 
be a part of this. And here comes more tanks. And he's like, I'm going to stand in front of these tanks. You know, that's courageous. Um, he lost his life immediately. There is video of him being someone going and grabbing him. And he was immediately taken and shot. So he lost his life. I'm not telling us to go out and stand in front of tanks. We're going to use the wisdom of Yah. We're going to do whatever he tells us to do. If he tells us to stand in front of the tank, okay. But I'm telling you that I think that our life is going to be more precious than just being standing in front of this tank and then being brought to the side. But do you see the courage of this guy? He stood out from the crowd and he is still seen as a sign to the whole world of standing, even if you're all alone, of standing against a great power and a great might. So be courageous. Do that. Be tank man. Be the guy with the folded arms at the Nazi rally. But do it only if Yah is telling you to. If he's saying, not yet, don't reveal yourself yet. You know, if a whole bunch of people are saying Heil Hitler or, or Heil Beast System or something, then, and Yah says, don't do it, but go hide yourself. Just quietly excuse yourself away. You know, you don't have to expose yourself because y'all might need you to be doing something. He doesn't want you to get thrown in a gulag or killed or whatever before you have a chance to do what he's telling you to do. But be courageous in whatever he's telling you to do. So um, my third bullet point here, point here is there will be a strong pushback from the world as they grow darker and we grow brighter. There's going to be a strong pushback and you are just going to have to settle it that, well, there's, there's going to be a pushback both physically in this world from other humans that are being used by the evil kingdom. And we are also going to get pushback from the evil kingdom themselves and spiritual attacks. And um, so we're just going to, have to settle that in our mind that we're going to keep bringing everything to y'all. We're going to keep trusting in him. We're going to keep praying in him, praying to him through his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus says Yahweh, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, his strength, and whose heart departs from Yahweh. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. So it might take courage to follow y'all in the days to come, but it is better than being cursed. Don't you think? I think so. Jeremiah 17, 7. But here's the blessing. Blessed is the man that trusts in Yahweh and whose hope Yahweh is. For he shall be as a tree 
planted by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. This is a promise. Shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit. We are promised nourishment and help when the drought comes, and it is coming. You'll be blessed if you trust y'all. You'll not see when the heat of adversity comes. Trust him. Trust him. Adversity, the heat of adversity. Yes, you might have your sleep taken from you before something really big that y'all wants you to do. But the heat from that adversity, the thing that would consume you, if you're a tree and there is massive amount of heat, you will catch fire and burn up and then you'll be of no use. He's saying that there will be no heat. You will not have drought. You will have nourishment. Your leaves will stay green. You'll never stop yielding fruit. How do you yield fruit? Have you, I don't know if every, anyone has been through a drought. Surely you have. Anyone, I've noticed that temps have been kind of real topsy-turvy. So there's been a lot of people in the northern regions of the United States where they're getting um, heat that is abnormal. So because they're getting all that heat that's abnormal, the plants that is normally accustomed to, um, you know, like cooler weather are starting to wither and die, or at the very least, if they're watered through the drought and the heat, they don't produce any fruit. And I know what has been happening here in Texas, we have had 120 degrees. That's Middle East Saharan desert, you know, desert temps. We don't live in the desert. I know that some people are like, oh, all of Texas is desert. No, it's not. There's a lot of different um, ecologies. Is that the word? Yeah. Ecologies within Texas. We happen to live in a place that actually does in normal weather get quite a bit of rain we got forests we got green um you know so when we don't get the rain and um last year there was a solid year of no rain for we got three inches in one year three inches when we normally get anywhere from like 38 to 40 inches if not more per year, we got three. That was last year. And um, I don't know if y'all saw the video of the cattle ranchers going and selling all their cattle because there was no grass. There was no hay. If they did find hay to get it, you know, it's from another state. So the cost of diesel, because diesel at the time was almost $5 or was $5 a, a gallon, they were having to um, get it shipped in and one round bale of hay, which feeds one cow 
um, maybe four days to one week. One week is stretching it. So that's one cow eating on one bale of hay. Imagine these ranchers that have, say, a normal herd is around 200 head of cattle. Imagine how many round bales of hay that would be at $150 per round bale. How much that would be in one day that would be consumed, how much that would be in one week. Also, all of the cattle ponds, we call them tanks around here. Um, it's where um, a farmer or rancher has gone and dug a um, deep hole on their land so that whenever it rains, the rain will stay in the, the hole. And I mean like a really big, it's like a man-made lake, you know, man-made pond. And depending on how big the land is and how much cattle they have on how big it is. Well, the, the cattle, they, uh, there was no more, you know, water left in these, uh, cattle tanks. And so the ranchers were having to get water out of their water wells, which most of them were running dry and they were having to haul water. So, um, there was the diesel cost of that, but there was also the electricity cost of pulling the water out of the ground from the water well. So um, there was a lot of bad that happened from that heat of adversity here in Texas. And there was a lot of ranchers who suffered, you know, I live in a rural area where there's a lot of ranchers around us. We know a lot of them. We personally did not have a herd of cattle um, for our own reasons, but uh, we have a lot of friends who did and they really, this is their livelihood. They lost almost everything um, by selling their cattle at a time of great adversity. And in this scripture, it's saying, if you trust in y'all, you won't see the heat of adversity. That doesn't mean that um, me living here, my cattle tank is not going to run dry and that I'm not going to have to go sell my cattle. It may mean that, but what it might mean is that y'all opens another door to bring back the income that was lost by having to sell off the cattle. You know, Yah is there with us to help us in the heat, help us in the drought. Why? So you'll never stop yielding fruit. How are we supposed to yield fruit if we are being just, you know, you know, with everything going on in this world? We need to not only be fearless, be courageous, but we need to be expecting. I'm going to write that down. Be expecting. Oh yeah. That's going to be something I talk about soon <laughs> because we need to be expecting that Yah is going to help us. And it says my very last bullet point, it takes water to yield fruit. The tree yields fruit because it's planted next to the waters of y'all. So think about this. I want you to imagine. I love imagining um, the pictures that y'all shows us in the Bible. It really 
um, I don't know. It just makes me more connected to what his word is trying to say. I think that's why he gives us those pictures in the Bible is to connect us. So, um, when he says in Revelation, the evil kingdom has been vanquished, his holy temple has come down from the third heaven where it's residing right now and it comes to earth and he forever is residing and he's our king and he takes over what is rightfully his this world he takes over this kingdom he resets everything back to what it was supposed to be before the fall in the garden of eden by adam and eve um so he comes back and out of his throne goes a river of life and by this river of life is the tree of life and we know that this is a symbol of yeshua that he is our life but we can also plant ourselves by that river it says right there in verse 8 that um, we will be a tree planted by the waters. What waters? The waters that are issuing forth out of his throne. Just imagine how beautiful that water is. I, you know, there is a river. <laughs> so Texas has some pretty nasty rivers. And um, it's not, it may be pollution. I think everybody has got pollution. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, the water is going by some red clay. And so, um, a lot of the riverbeds are not river rock. They're actually, um, you know, like mud. And so it colors the water and makes it look really murky and gross. There is a river that is a pure spring that comes out of some location around um, somewhere right around Lakey, Texas, comes out of the ground, is a steady 60 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and it goes out and it's super clear. I have not tasted it. I'm afraid of what it would to my body but it is super clear and it is so refreshing in the middle of a summer heat and the river is called the frio and it used to be kind of a hidden gem in texas and now everybody knows about it um, in the last 20 years and so it's super 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 crowded but people will go in the summertime and they'll get on inner tubes and they'll float down that river because um when it's 110, 120 degrees, getting in a 60 degree river that is so clear that you can see all the way to the bottom of it. And if there's enough rain, there's some places where it'll be like nine, 10 feet deep and maybe even more. I think there might be places where it might be like 12 to 15 feet deep, but not so deep that um, you are going to be lost. Um, they've got these little tiny waterfalls. I don't know if they're man-made. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, and you go over them with your little inner tube and, and, oh, 
it's just, it's amazing fun. It really is. And you get out and you're sunburned and, <laughs> and it's just so much fun. And, um, what if we like inner tubed out of the river that flowed out of Yaw's throne? And I don't want that to sound disrespectful. And if it is, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't mean to, cause your river is holy, but what if we are allowed in that river? And if we are like, how clear is that river going to be? And like, we're going to be just, we could splash it up in our mouth and it'll be so sweet. It's so good. And there won't be any parasites in it. No bacteria. We're not going to get typhoid or, um, what are the other things? diphtheria, malaria. I don't know. All the stuff that you get from really, really bad water. We're not going to have that. It's going to be water that when we drink it, we're not going to be scared. Even at the very least, just scared that it's going to taste bad. Imagine that first sip, just pulling it to your mouth. Just imagine. I bet you could feel it going through your veins, feeding every molecule of your body in a way it's never been fed before. Woo! And that's the promise. If you trust in Yah, you'll be planted next to that water. And yeah, we can't physically scoop our hands into that water and splash it on our face yet, but we can be planted next to it spiritually. And that's what this is about. That's what all of this about heart of the tribes, reading your Bible, having a relationship with y'all is about planting yourself next to the water so you can have the courage to do what y'all is telling you to do. And only, you know, only between you and y'all. And I pray that you are every day doing little baby steps to step towards him. I pray that all of this stuff that is going on in the world is not going to shake you loose. I pray that your foundation is not set on sand, that it's set on a rock because the storms came against that house and it shook that house, whether it was on sand or whether it was on a rock, storms came. So I pray that you will be on a firm foundation and you will be courageous and not have fear. And the more blatant the world becomes in their Luciferian satanic worship of the dragon, that we will rise and stand tall like a tree, like a mighty oak planted in the waters. I pray that each one of you will be a mighty oak today, that you will start drawing in the waters. I don't have anything else to say, but <laughs> Shell says, I believe y'all loves to say, to see us experience joyful activities. So a tubing party in the kingdom. Woohoo! <laughs> But I think that would be so great. Why would we be so serious? 
when we get into the kingdom, you know? So I, I just want to leave you with this. I want you to be fearless. I want you to be courageous. I want you to go against the crowd. I want you to not allow your eyes to see the evil. I don't care how much that your flesh is curious. You will regret it. You will become a part of it. And you will have to cut those soul ties or spiritual tendrils that those things will put into you. Don't look at it. If you have, ask y'all to, um, you know, if you need to repent about it, then do. If it was an innocent, somebody showed it to me. And they knew it was going to be disturbing. And they were just trying to show me just enough so I could have an understanding of what happened there. And that was too much. Um, so I did repent about it, but not because... I felt like I had sought it out. I just wanted to be sure that y'all knew that I was sorry that I had looked at it. And so we need to have that heart. So if you've looked at it, repent about it and then ask him to erase it. Like, like your brain is a computer, go in and delete it. Go delete this, please. Father, delete these images, delete what was just put into my head, cut off any tendrils. And then um, once you've done all that, I want you to start daydreaming. And I want you to daydream the scriptures that y'all is promising for us. I want you to daydream about his river flowing from his throne. I want you to daydream about the wilderness, about the scripture I shared last week in Isaiah chapter 35, where it's a desert and then it starts blooming. And I think it's going to happen right in front of our eyes. That's how I read that scripture is it's not going to bloom. And then we walk into it and go, Oh, I thought this was a desert. We're going to be like, Oh, this is a desert. Uh, okay. We'll just trust you y'all. But uh, where's our water going to come from? And then all of a sudden a lake is going to start filling in and things are going to just start growing. I want us to imagine it. We don't need Hollywood programming us and imagining things for us. We need to, to shut off the world and start imagining our reward. What is it going to look like? And that will give us hope for the things that are fixing to come, the things that are fixing to roll out either by design or well, all of it's by design, either by the evil kingdom or Yah's kingdom getting brighter and brighter. There's a battle at play and we need to imagine the end of the battle. It will give you courage. It will give you what you need in the days ahead. So imagine it. Okay, it'll help you to go against the crowd. So I love y'all. I really do. I can't wait to someday hug y'all, whether it's in the wilderness or at a future Sukkot or just an air hug. Well, I'm hugging y'all. <laughs>
So that's all I got. So I just pray that this was a blessing to y'all and that you will allow y'all to heal you both physically and spiritually and mentally. Shalom.